Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Hello and welcome to the Thursday edition of AutoLine Daily. I'm Peter DiLorenzo, the auto extremist, filling in for John while he's out of town. We've got an all-new design handbook with Jim Hall coming up in a little bit, but first, the news. The 2014 Chevy Impala has earned a lot of praise, and even one of the car's harshest critics agrees it's much better. The Impala has moved from the bottom of Consumer Reports rankings to the top spot overall for all sedans. It's the first domestic car to hold that position in 20 years. Engineers said the car rides like a luxury sedan with good handling, acceleration, and braking. They were also impressed with the Impala's roomy and comfortable interior. Overall, Consumer Reports says the Impala is competitive with cars that cost $20,000 more, including the Audi A6, Lexus 460L, Jaguar XF, and Acura RLX. I'm a fan of the car myself. The true believers at GM did an excellent job on it. Daimler and Aston Martin are teaming up. The German automaker will provide the British luxury maker with V8 engines from Mercedes and also provide electric and electronic components. In exchange, Daimler gets up to a 5% stake in Aston. This is just a preliminary agreement. It still faces regulatory approval, but the two companies expect a definitive agreement during the second half of the year. Mazda announced pricing and fuel economy for the 2014 Mazda 3 in the U.S. It starts at just over 17,000 with the 2-liter Skyactiv gasoline engine and 6-speed manual transmission. The top of the line Mazda 3 with the 2.5-liter Skyactiv gasoline engine starts just over $27,000. Fuel economy for the 2-liter sedan and hatch versions range from the high 20s in the city to the low 40s on the highway. MPGs for the 2.5-liter range from the high 20s in the cities to the high 30s on the highway. You can click the link in today's show notes for all the details. The 2014 Mazda 3 goes on sale this September. Jim Hall's design handbook has been on hiatus for a while, but it's back. We've been getting a ton of responses to this segment, including the following email from Rob, who writes, Here's a question that has baffled scientists for years. Why do some car designers and manufacturers put the fuel filler on the passenger right rear side of the car instead of the driver's side? I've watched in amazement how people fight, cuss, and raise their center finger at other gas-buying customers when trying to get in and around pumps. Not to mention how pissed people are when they have to walk around to the right rear of the car in rain and snow to fill their car. Well, Rob, Jim Hall has your answer. I know it sounds like a simple question, but as counterintuitive as it may seem, the way you fill your gas tank was decided decades ago. The practice goes back to the time before drive-through gas stations were the rule. Some of the earliest gas pumps were positioned along the curb where a helpful attendant would come and fill her up. So in the U.S., fuel fillers originated on the right-hand side of the car, the side closest to the curb. Conversely, in right-hand drive countries like England, the fillers were on the left side. But as gas stations turned into massive drive-throughs, the location of fuel fillers on American cars started to move around. With the advent of self-serve gas stations, the attendant disappeared and the fuel filler side became a big deal. For the U.S. and Canadian markets, logic dictated be on the driver's side, that is to say on the left side. But platform globalization has short-circuited this. 
Generally speaking, continental European cars still place the filler on the curb side, the right-hand side. Now, a few English brands like Mini continue the left fuel filler because they're right-hand drive countries. As global platforms are used for more and more US products, it's not unusual to find the filler on the wrong side. Just look at the Ford Fusion and Focus. The majority of Fusion sales are going to be in the United States, so the filler was placed on the left. The Focus, on the other hand, garners most of its buyers outside of the States, so right it is. In the foreseeable future, don't look for any standardization of fuel filler location, because it's not going to happen. For AutoLine Design Handbook, I'm Jim Hall. If you've got a question or comment for Design Handbook, send an email to viewermail at autoline.tv. Thanks to Rob for his question. Coming up, GM Minions tweak Cadillac's signature crest again. What does it all mean? Dow Automotive Systems, driving solutions in automotive, commercial transportation, and aftermarket with innovative products like Betamate structural adhesives. Lighter, stronger, safer. DowBetamate.com. The last time Cadillac redesigned their emblem, they made a big deal of it, suggesting they were hip and forward thinking by doing so. Now, according to reports, they're doing it again. This comes after CEO Dan Ackerson announced that GM is bringing a new big Cadillac to market. No, not the CL-based showstopper that I wrote about a couple of weeks ago. This big Cadillac is the car that GM's Brain Trust and Captain Quig's cost-cutting minions deems to be acceptable to go up against the Mercedes-Benz S-Class, BMW 7 Series, and Audi A8. In other words, good enough to go after the German luxury performance stars without reaching for the ultimate rung and making a statement about what Cadillac is and what it will stand for in the future. Good enough, in their estimation, to dispense with a halo vehicle that won't make enough money and consume a lot of time, talent, and resources. Ackerson and company figures that the new CTS, the new ELR, and the upcoming bigger Cadillac will accomplish that just fine. Needless to say, in GM's narrow little world, that may make perfect sense. In the real world, however, it means more of the same. This just in, good enough is never good enough in this business. And about that redesign of the Cadillac Crest, it won't matter because what's holding Cadillac back isn't their emblem. It's the way they go about their business. When it comes to Cadillac's perpetual struggle with defining itself, GM always seems to come up short. And that's the high-octane truth for Thursday, July 25th. And by the way, stay tuned for another AutoLine After Hours this evening. My guest will be another true believer in the business, Rich Bartlett, the Assistant Chief Engineer of the Cadillac Twin Turbo V6. Also joining me will be Scott Burgess from Motor Trend and Todd Lassa of Automobile. So tune in tonight at 6 p.m. for some of the best insider discussion in the auto industry. And that wraps up today's show. I'm Peter DiLorenzo, the auto extremist. Thanks for watching, and I will see you tonight.